Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm i not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Uh, Friday at 5 o'clock. Some old cold beer, right? Yeah, I hope he's having a cold beer in Arlington after the game tomorrow. Come on, Arkansas. I don't ask much of you. Because you really don't do all that much. But please, beat A&M tomorrow. Just beat A&M. I know that's been difficult for you guys. But I believe in you. So much so I picked you as my upset this week. Let's go. You know, I was, as I was driving here to Riverwind Casino to do the show, I was listening to Locked Out, and I heard you read a text message. And it was from Sark's Vodka. (laughs) And he could not understand. I don't remember exactly what the text was, but it was essentially saying, how in the hell, given their track record on the field, how does Texas A&M continue to land top flight recruits five years running? And really outside of the covid year absolutely nothing to show for it yeah covid nothing. covid orange bowl is what they have to show congrats guys it's a great question how does it happen how do they continue to get great players um three letters dude n i l that's it i know but they're not the only school with n i l they're not the only Every- school, but they, do they do it more aggressively than anyone else out there? Oh. The answer to that may be, maybe, I mean, I think it probably is, yes. It's, it's crazy, I mean, they, they're, they're an overly, I don't know, overly aggressive. I mean, they're, they're a very aggressive NIL school in an area that's where there's a lot of talent. So, yeah, I mean, A&M's always recruited at a a good level, a very good level. But, yeah, since NIL's happened, they've. They were never going to have the number one recruiting class without it. How about that? And they did okay. that a couple of years ago. Okay. Fine. Forget how they did it. They've done it, and it is what it is. So how how are they not winning? Um. Why, why don't you? Why don't the same question you just asked? Why don't you flip that over two miles to the, what was that, two miles to the northwest, I think, maybe? I don't know where College Station is, proximity to Austin. I think that may be right. Same thing in Austin, dude. And that's what I brought up when Sark's Vodka texted that in. 
the same questions you're asking about Texas A&M, it's not unique, man. It's two hours away, the exact same thing. And more so for a longer period of time. Like everyone's so amazed that A&M's getting all these great players and not winning. Texas has been not winning in an easier conference. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's strange. You know, I do have I do have a theory, perhaps for another day, um, about football players from Texas that perhaps Ooh, we can get into. Huh. You gonna you get something about is S A W F F F F T? As Kirby would say. No, no, no. I okay. So I'll just briefly mention it here. So. We all hear about how great high school football is in the state of Texas, it's right? A, it's a religion down there is what it is. And it is. It is really good. The coaching that these players get is top-notch. The facilities, the strength and conditioning programs, everything that they get is top-notch. I think I know so, where you're going with this. I think like I think you've already squeezed everything you can squeeze for the most part. You've already gotten everything you're going to get out of these players. So whenever they show up to college, like you don't have a dramatic improvement. Like what like what we're going to see with Danny Okoye. with PJ or Danny Okoye or some of these guys like you're not going to get the 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 amazing growth in the first year of being in a college strength and conditioning program because they've essentially been in one since the eighth grade or yeah. before in some, now that's, some instances. I, I don't think you're saying this. That's not the case for every single athlete that comes out of the state of Texas. But, right. for, but no. for a lot that are in those big-time programs that are there that have facilities that are as good as a D2 school, yeah, yeah. I'm not, sure. Uh, you're not going to see like a, just as some dramatic uh, all of a sudden like this player. You've, you've predicted this is what he's going to be. I, he kind of already is what he is. Yeah. And yeah, he can come in up to the next level and be a good player. But I, That's why you can't star chase, man, um, if you're a coach. Yeah. And I think it's easy for us to just say, well, this kid's a four-star. He's a high four-star. Go get him. They've got to look at development, what he projects to be in two to three years, a lot more than just star chasing. And, I, you know, I also think A&M has had a tremendous amount of attrition of players that have transferred out or have been kicked out even. I, they don't have a bunch of upperclassmen that have developed really well that were high recruits that have developed uh, and, and have worked their way onto the field. And they're also, I think, Unless I'm wrong, A&M hasn't really done a whole lot of good stuff in the transfer portal, have they? Well, they got like, Max Johnson a couple of years, who's going to be starting at quarterback on Saturday. I'm trying to think of any other big names that they've acquired via the portal. and I, uh, they, they got a wide receiver from Alabama last year that never played in a game, ended up getting kicked off the team. I'm not thinking of a whole it's lot of It's been big, like big a names. net loss. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. cuz they've lost a lot of big name like recruits. Like even Kenny and stuff Hill. Kenny board. Hill was an up and down quarterback at TCU, but he leaves A&M, right? Kyle Allen was right. an okay quarterback from Houston. Well, he he left A&M. 
Kyler Murray is probably the most obvious one, right? He transfers to Oklahoma. So it feels yeah. like there's been more of, to your point, guys that leave A&M and have great careers than guys that transfer yeah. to A&M and have great careers. And, and I guess like I'm really talking about like the last three years when the transfer portal has sure. really ramped up. I don't know. It, it's a fascinating situation there that uh, I don't know. And, and it's kind of the same story at FSU with Jimbo, wasn't it? Like they just kind of moseyed on in mediocrity until everything peaked and they had a great year and then it fell off really quickly, right? They had a great year where it peaked with Jameis Winston and then the next year there was just so much drama that they didn't even – I mean, I don't think that they were the best team, but they were a national championship team with a lot of pieces coming back with the, with the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. And the drama mm-hmm. got so out of control there, it, it clouded that team for the entire year. So, yes, yeah. and it went downhill fast after that. Uh, let me read a handful of texts here. Just look at the culture. Jimbo's culture is horrendous. Um, yeah. Justin Aquita says, A&M makes me think of Bobby Boucher. All them teeth and no toothbrush. Well, all, all the blue tips I, and no, no ships. <laughs> I, that's funny. You know, the culture thing is interesting because I've never been around there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even really know how he runs his program. I, you would think that it's not great culture or else they'd be spitting out, uh, you know, win after win after win. But, I, for example, the McKinley kid from Louisiana that committed to Texas A&M, the five-star defensive lineman. I, his mom was all about culture, right? And that's where she yeah. – that's where they went. Is So I don't I, – I don't feel like there's great culture there, but some people claim they are, and that's why they're going there. Well, come on. Hey, we got culture now. Hey, you, 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 you want to go to church on – hey, hell, we got church on Sunday down here. Come on now. Come on. Five eight zero Jimbo texted in. Well, well, I think Teddy's just trying to uh, tout his own two stars. Well, maybe so. Maybe perhaps. Uh, perhaps. Who is getting the first carry tomorrow? Tawi. Um, I think the first carry goes to Drake Stoops. <laughs> oh my gosh. What, you disagree with that? Yes, because it won't be a carry. It'll count as a catch. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Daggummit. Um, I think it probably goes to Tawi. I Not a fun answer? No, but... I, I, any, I don't have a problem with it. He's our most productive guy. Would any other answer be surprising at this point? I mean, the way that they've rotated running backs in maybe makes it not as surprising, but if... The first carry tomorrow is based on, you know, who's been productive. Then it, it feels like any other answer than Tawi Walker would be surprising, unless that's right. Unless Barnes and Sawchuck, they heard themselves getting called out on Tuesday, and they just turned it on to another level the past three days in practice. I, but other than okay. that, ta- I, and I got that, that's that's maybe the most intriguing storyline to me tomorrow is. How available are those guys, and how many carries do they get? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I wish I could have some type of gauge as to who I think is, is going to 
do what at running back, but all I can go off of is who's played, what the breakdown of repetitions has been, and who's the most productive. And it's Tawi, and it's really not all that close. A lot of textures saying Dylan Gabriel's going to get the first carry tomorrow. Also wouldn't yeah. be surprising. Probably. that's not That wouldn't be surprising at all if we start off with a little bit of quarterback run game. How about this, Tyler? I don't know if you noticed it, but the Bowman kid from Oklahoma State had a rushing touchdown, and it was on a quarterback power. How about that? Yeah, OSU's rushing numbers were really propelled by one long run by uh, Ollie Gordon, and I think Mm -hmm. that run that you're talking about there. Outside of that, not much to uh, mention for OSU. That was was really kind of it. No, I mean, is there – Not a whole lot going on. This is to you. This is the text line. Is there a number for someone tomorrow for rushing yards? Is it just like the eye test that we're – like, what's – What's going to make us feel better about running back going into next week that we need to see tomorrow? Well, I think we're averaging like right around uh, like just under 160 yards a game average, which puts us like middle of the road in the Big 12. It's shocking. The two best teams in the in the conference, you know, by most people's opinion, is Oklahoma and Texas and. Both schools are just middle of the road whenever it comes to rushing the football. Um, now, against Iowa State, I, you're probably not going to run for a bunch of yards. If we hit our average against Iowa State, rush for 150-some yards, I think that's a really good day. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, – But, yes, to answer your question, probably eye test. Just eye test. You're, you're in the middle of three pretty good – you know, run defenses that you're facing. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Iowa State tomorrow. I I think both teams next week may have difficulty running the ball. Now, at least OU has the option of the quarterback run game, at least the option way more than I think Texas does, but I think both run defenses for OU and Texas are in a pretty good spot going into to next week. Because you're right, man. Yeah. They, haven't, they haven't run the ball that well. Yep. Well, I... I don't know, I, and I don't have much of a, an answer for us other than block better. And for our running backs, have to make guys miss. They have to. We are, I, and I know we've hit this before, but yards after contact is just, it's not good with our running backs. It's terrible. It's it's we are Tawi is just slightly above average. Everyone else is massively below average. Mm-hmm. Not good. Pass game, run game, all of it. Even if you like, there, there's been plays where they're clearly designed to get a running back out in open space in the flat, mm-hmm. break a tackle from a corner, whoever's there, and it, it, that is, hasn't even happened. Hasn't been great, yeah. and and that's and it's and it's, you know. I I recognize last year the great year that Eric Gray had because the previous year with him he was getting he, he was getting the ankle pick nonstop right and that was the big complaint like he can't break the big one and then last year he made the, that extra guy miss a bunch and it was a huge game changer for him 
and our offense. So it does leave me with some optimism that the turnaround can happen. It's just a matter of someone having to find it. So we'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on here from Riverwind. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for... Whether you're scaling up operations, starting fresh, or managing your personal finances, Reliance Bank offers tailored solutions to fit your unique needs. We're committed to making your banking experience exceptional. Come see us here in Norman or visit us at Valiance.Bank to get banking solutions that suit your needs. Member FDIC. You know, I, I think one of the things that sticks out to me about him as much as anything is really what he stands for. You know, I think, again, there's 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 some coaches in this profession that are in it for the right right reason, that care about kids, that want to see things done the right way. And, you know, I think that's that's really what has impressed me about him getting to know Coach Venables and, you know, a guy that cares about kids. It's really working hard to put him in the best position to be successful. But at the root of it, you know, really wants young people to have success and cares about them as young people. So um, I think he's great for our profession, for sure. There's Matt Campbell on OU head coach Brent Venables saying, yeah, I respect him. The way that he goes about it. Uh, what he cares about, who he cares about, really respect the way that he's doing it down there at OU. Fill in the blank. Actually, fill in a couple blanks here, and then we'll get to the text line. First, Iowa State will have the best blank OU has seen all year long. Secondary. Anything else or just that? Tight end. Anything else? Um, corner. Yeah, well, they definitely have does, that. That's for sure. Yes. Does that fit into secondary well, as a whole? Normally, yes, but I'll, I'll I'll allow it. So, secondary and tight end. Iowa State will have the best of those that OU's seen up to this point, and maybe defensive. Not maybe defensive coordinator. They have the best of those two. Well, just overall. I mean, just overall defense in general. You can say that. Um. Let's see. Is there anything else? If they don't miss a kick, they'll have the best kicker. It feels like OU's forced to miss <laughs> right. field goal every yeah. single game this year, which, I again, I love, but it's just different. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Mm, Personnel-wise? Yeah, that, that seems like that. Are that's, we missing anything? No, I don't think so. OU will have the best Blake. Iowa State has seen scene setter quarterback intro video PA guy what else quarterback offensive line running back wide receivers (laughs) defensive line linebackers Uh uh-huh yeah anything else Secondary. Yeah, them too. Anything else? Atmosphere. Mm. Uh, uniform. Contract for a head coach. OU's in a better spot than what I was in right now. Throw that one in there too, please. Contract. Yeah. Everything. I think 
OU will have the everything. best everything that Iowa State has seen. And when you said offensive line, it was, oh, okay, I, Iowa, Iowa stinks on offense. Yes, OU should be better yeah. everywhere offensively than what Iowa is. Though, as bad as they have been offensively, they sure find ways to put legit tight ends in the NFL. It's well, really you notice I didn't say tight end. Thing that you <laughs> I didn't did not say. say tight end. Right. Yeah. Pretty much everything, I think. And that should be the case when they've played Ohio, Northern Iowa, and Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, we have the edge everywhere. But, you know, that's the thing with Iowa State is right, their specialty is right, not necessarily having the edge anywhere and keeping the game incredibly close and having an opportunity to win it in the end. Yep. That's like that's what they do. They're the knockoff so, brand. They're the knockoff K-State brand, or at least they are this year. They are. The Sam's they choice. They just haven't Kansas had the, State. the whenever they whenever they had Brees Hall, Kohler and Xavier Hutchinson, like that's exactly what they were cuz they were excellent on defense and then Offensively, they just ran power and counter and like just nickel and dimed you, and then they'd take a shot and try and create something explosive on the outside, or Brees Hall would break one. I mean, it was it was it, it was great football. They just don't have that back. They don't have that tight end right now. They're going to in the next couple of years, and they don't have that receiver. Gunny says, oh, you will have the best facilities, announcers, players, uniforms, fans, and field. Thank you, Jason Fairs. Uh, a lot of you are saying, kicking for chicken. That is right. They will have the best kicking for chicken that they've ever seen before. Uh, at least I hope. Uh, well, they, they, will, they will have faced by far the most in-game uh, marketing that they've ever seen. <laughs> That's true. The best, uh, they'll never direct their attention to the northwest corner more than they will tomorrow. Let's, hey, let's watch the sideline tomorrow. And every time uh, everyone is commanded to direct their attention somewhere, let's see if the sideline does it. If Iowa State players direct their attention to the southeast corner of the end zone. Oh, look at that. It's Rocky Kalmus that they're announcing. Look at that. That's cool. No, um, they oh, haven't. Oh, look! It's the uh, it's the business school getting getting rewarded down there. They Interesting. Have, they haven't done it as much so far this year, but let's see if t- tomorrow's the day that that starts to change. Five eight zero. Tyler, do you think there's is there a direct correlation with how much we make fun of it and how it's somehow disappeared from the uh, tomorrow from is the lineup? Tomorrow is the day. <laughs> tomorrow is the day. I'm ready to say that if that's the case. Uh, Tyler just defended a massive demographic. Sam's choice is luxury. Best choice is low budget. Get it right. I, I apologize. They are the wow. best choice version of Kansas State. Thank you for the correction there. Um, back to Amazing. back to the run game. Most people are saying it's not. I mean, it will be about yards if someone has two hundred and fifty. But for the most part, it's like you said, man, like running through the right running lanes. Just looking more explosive than they have recently. It's more about the eye test than it necessarily is the numbers. Yeah, I, I think that's that's right. You know, it's going to be it's really interesting because um, 
Iowa State is just difficult to run against. So I think it could be one of those things where any any ground we've made up in the running game could be very difficult to find, right? It, it just it may not look like much, but you kind of have to, to go back and, and really look what Iowa State has has done against other teams and how good they are and say, like, if you hit your average, you're probably doing pretty good. I um, I mean, there's – I mean, I want to see everything be better in the run game. I, I'd like to see him a couple of times have a third and two, line up traditional set, hand it off to whoever, and pick up first downs that way. That'll, yep. that'll, that, that'll make me – like, without someone going over 100 yards, that'll make me feel at least a little bit better about the run game if they're – good and short yardage spots with the traditional yeah. run package of course yeah just we don't need to sprint to the line we don't need to to do funky stuff here we are it's third and two we're in a heavy formation we're running the football can your guys beat our guys uh let's find out here it comes yeah you know I mean, what there are times where you just like you're going to try and gain an edge wherever you can with with scheme and with right, motion and all of these different things, but eventually you're going to just have to be able to get get those hard yards no matter what, and it's be a good good test for that. As much as the program seems different than it was three years ago, there's yeah. still at least some similarities in that – it feels like OU could be very capable of landing the knockout punch in the first 15 minutes of the game if Iowa State's not careful. Like, if Iowa State gets the ball first, it's three and out. They punt it away. OU gets a short field. They go score. Then Iowa State goes three and out again, and, and OU's back with it with the short field. Like, once they get in rhythm, especially early on, OU's really tough offensively, man. It's when they really have to kind of, like, slow down and – Maybe can't go up tempo all the time where they struggle. Like, th- this program is a lot different than what it was two, three years ago, but it still has the ability for a quick first round knockout if Iowa State isn't careful. Yeah. And the difference is, is like 2019, I felt like OU landed that knockout blow in the first half, but the defense was so bad, anybody could still be in the game. You get down 17 nothing tomorrow, you ain't you ain't coming back on this defense. That's that's what's different this right. time around. Ooh, look at you. Throw that on huh? a t-shirt. A little defensive saying. bravado, huh? I, I got a lot no, of I like it. bravado I agree. these days on defense, that's for sure. Um, someone just sent us the week five watchability rankings. I don't know if uh-huh. I've looked at these all that much uh, previously. The number one game tomorrow in terms of watchability at a 9.6 is... I can guess it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. The number one watchability game is probably the University of Southern Cal in Colorado. No, I'm trying to find where that's even. No, that's number 16 on the list. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just thinking pure offense is probably what people consider watchable. LSU at Ole Miss is number one in terms of week five watch. Is it? Is this ratings like a big thing and I just Ugh. have never heard of it before? I we mentioned it before. Okay. Uh, how do they – is that really the – what? 
That's, yeah. That seems strange. 9.6 okay. rating. OU, on the other hand, is at a 6.3 rating. Um, <laughs> ranked 19th on watchability tomorrow. The same rating as Illinois at Purdue and Houston at Texas Tech. Jeez. Michigan State at Iowa has a higher watchability than Iowa State OU? Good God. That game's yeah, going to be 6-3. to three. Do they give, like, what the criteria are? Um, weighted score of projected quality and competitiveness in rankings as well. Stupid. Yeah, this, whatever. I've never seen this before. I, I don't know. I look Whenever I look at this game right now, uh, like just on advanced metrics, like the SP Plus, Bill Conley stuff that has all these, uh, you've got the – they're the number 11 defense, you know, going up against what Oklahoma is, the number eight, or excuse me, the number four offense. Like, that's pretty good to watch, right? Number four offense against number 11 defense. I mean, that's pretty good. It's more entertaining right, than quick. Illinois at Purdue. I can promise you that. Yeah. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left on a Friday here from Riverwind. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, we are driven to serve, serving you with big savings during Ram Power Days, like 6,500 off MSRP and 2.9% for a 2023 Ram 1500, or nine grand off a 2023 Ram 2500. Lander's CD Campus Corner for all of our pregame activity beginning at noon tomorrow. So come see us at Bow Four of Norman. Come see us at Yo Pablo. We'll be out and about from noon to five. I got a bag with a ton of t-shirts and a few brand new ref hats as well. So uh, come by, see us. Maybe you'll walk away with a brand new ref hat or a uh, ref t-shirt. All right, Sarks Vodka really wants this question answered, so I hope that you're ready for it, okay? Sarks Vodka asks, all right, fellas, I want to ask Teddy one question. Texas beats Kansas 24-17. Would you feel better or worse about winning going into week six? Holding that Kansas offense to 17 would be impressive, but Kansas holding Texas to 24? Even more interesting. I I don't know. The one thing I've learned over the years about the OU-Texas rivalry is I don't know that anything that you've seen coming into the game like has any real impact on what happens in the game i I would say mostly from their side but yes overall true yeah overall i would say that texas losing to kansas probably does not bode well for us for whatever reason next week you know, does that make sense? I, I, the, the, the best case scenario for us next week, I would probably feel the best about next week if Texas beat Kansas like, you know, 42 to 7. Get Texas in a little overconfidence. Yeah. The hype. Because here's the deal, man. For as many people that are picking Kansas to keep this game close and cover the spread. And there's a lot. What did I say yesterday on the uh, 84% 84 of the money? This is yesterday. 
yesterday, 84% of the money was on Kansas, on the line. So Texas is going to get credit if they win and look impressive doing so. And they should, to be, I mean, to be quite honest yeah. with you. They should. OU's not, most Kansas likely, I think Kansas is nationally. a legit top 25 team. Yeah, like Texas will, Texas will get credit nationally. And, yeah, man, I, I want to see them lose, but I don't hate it if they look great and come in a little overconfident. I'm, I'm fine with that. Now, here's the thing that here's the thing that I question. Like, I think Sarkeesian. You've heard me say it over and over and over. I really like his offense. I think it's it. I think it's excellent. Um, and what they do defensively is pretty pretty good too. Like, Krakowski's a, a really good defensive coach. Like he's put together a really good staff. They've got star power. What I don't know is culture. Now, it feels to me like Sarkeesian has, I don't know if he's changed the culture, but I feel like he's improved the culture. So I'm not sure how how. Like some of the things that we've always said about Texas, like if those things are going to continue to ring true, yeah, that's the thing that I I don't know. Only uh, only one more compliment from Texas, and then we'll, we're we're at our quota here. We got to move on. Can't be too nice to them. But I will give them credit in that. Yes, Sark does a really good job offensively. It feels like the focus of their program is on the offense, and for it being that way. They do play, I think, pretty good defense considering that fact. Because we've seen they around do. here how difficult that has been at times yeah. to kind of marry both of those up. Yeah, they're, And that's it. That's all I'm going to say nice about them. I'm done. You know, their defensive uh, rankings are, are really good. They, you know, they've got some good talent. Their defensive line's playing better than I expected, but I'll say this too. You know, they look good, but you go watch that Wyoming film, and Wyoming lined up and whipped their ass on the line of scrimmage for pretty much the entire game. How Texas won that is... They turned it on in the fourth, man, because it was a tie game going to the fourth quarter, and they really turned it on quickly, but yeah, all accurate. So... No. By the way, right. speaking of teams that we hate that have not looked great at times this year, Arizona State's a they're a bad team. How bad of a team is Arizona State? Well, they lost to Oklahoma State this year. That kind of tells you everything. And they yeah. had some real offensive success against USC last week. And not that that yeah. changes my opinion about the USC defense. I think we all know what the USC defense is, but... Should we just absolutely expect them to roll into Colorado and win easily? I know they're out Travis Hunter. I know Colorado's overrated. But I got to think at least Colorado hits on a few big plays offensively. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think Colorado will will probably give them some trouble. Um I now I think I think USC is probably I would say they separate late. But I, I expect them to score some points and to hit on some explosives and and maybe even create some chaos for Caleb Williams and force him to, into a mistake or two. 
And here's the other thing, like, this this game is kind of built for Caleb Williams. Like, the bigger the spotlight, or I guess maybe the brighter the spotlight, the better he typically performs. But I it, is there a chance he tries to do too much? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah. that, that's the only thing that you wonder, and I don't know if he can try to do too much. That's kind of how good he is. Well, this year is kind of more the same with, uh, with Muleshoe. It's – and they've got some nice, some very nice players around, Caleb Williams in some spots. But if he was ever unavailable for any stretch of time, I mean, they would not just drop off. They would drop off significantly. At some point, he's going to miss. At some point, he's going to run into an injury situation at his quarterback. And when he does, man, boy, it's, it's going to come down fast. Caleb Williams is really only I, – I think he's the only one saving them – in a game like tomorrow, but even going back to last year, man, like he's the best player on the field, and that's great. But the margin for error for them is just so slim, still, man, so very slim. Yeah. He's got to yep. hope now, year in and year out, that he's got one of, if not the best quarterbacks in college football, or they're they're going to get beat up. I think that's a dangerous way to yep. live. I agree. I agree. Um. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up here on a football Friday from Riverwind Casino. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Victory Family Church. It's more than just a church. It's truly a family. And as it continues to grow, you can now celebrate with six opportunities every Sunday morning, starting as early as 8.30 a.m. and the final service at 3 p.m. Learn more about service times and everything going on with Pastor Adam and the church at victoryfamily.church. That's victoryfamily.church. Check out our campuses in Newcastle, Chickasha, and Shawnee. Victory Family Church, online at victoryfamily.church. It is Raymond and Austin on All-Star Sports Radio. Our sportsbook and casino sponsor, BetUS.com, is celebrating their 30th year. The can't miss offer. 125% sign-up bonus and up to 30 risk-free bets. It's called Bet Protecting. You can only get it from BetUS.com. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final segment of the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow from Campus Corner for all of our pregame coverage. Getting started at noon, we'll take you up until 5 for the 6 p.m. kickoff. And I got to tell you, man, a pretty good little Friday night slate of college football for us, right? Uh, Utah at Oregon State, that's a top 20 matchup at 8 p.m. And I am... Golly, I sound like a conference guy. I don't mean to. I'm very interested in that Cincinnati BYU game at nine fifteen. I am too. I like it. I, I think that's you know it. The the new Big Twelve is going to be kind of cool 
to to get some of the late action also because I imagine there's going to be quite a few late games in the Big 12 uh, whenever you're going out west. That's going to be nice. I'm I'm a fan of the late night games because you know whatever reason it's usually the best time I have to sit down and watch a game. Um, so I'm 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 happy about that. Yeah, that. What's the spread in that? I uh, like Cincinnati. It was a pick'em, and now it's BYU minus one. So I mean, right? Yeah. BYU minus one, right around a pick'em, basically. That'll be cool, though. Yeah, I'm I'm with you though. the The slate tonight is nice. It, did I see that? What was it? The for the next fifty five days, there's going to be a college or a pro football game every day. Oh well, that must mean you, you know what I think of when I hear that. Okay, Maction's about to Maction? get underway on Tuesday <laughs> and Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. Well, there's not a game on Tuesday, but there is on yeah Wednesday of next week. There's a couple of games, not great ones. Well, maybe but that's football, and nonetheless, maybe that's what it said. Maybe it starts Wednesday. I don't know. I thought it said starting to or. It was yesterday that it said starting yesterday was going to be 55 straight days. Well, uh, there's going to be another interesting Friday night slate a week uh, from today. We'll be in Dallas down there at the Omni, but K-State at OSU next Friday night, Nebraska at Illinois. Hell, this is going to be the best Saturday of the year for Oklahoma State. Best Saturday of the year. Their next Friday night, I don't think it's going to end up all that well. We did the – all right, through four games, how many games now do we think OU's going to win? We both said 11, and the majority of the responses that we got said 11 as well. I also added the point that they need to win 11 games with, with what everything looks like right now. But what would you say for OSU? Five? Four? Not six. Uh, I don't know. You know, last week there were some flashes where they looked – Looked pretty good. I mean, offensively, to move the ball and to score like they did against Iowa State is not easy to do. So there are some signs of life there. Um, Now, defensively, you can kind of say the opposite. The fact that Iowa State did what they did uh, is a cause for concern. But I don't know. Giving up what they gave up to Iowa State is not as bad as giving up what they gave up to South Alabama, I still think. But I I don't know. I. Oklahoma State, to me, is still a team that I think they're going to have the potential to win some of the games that we consider them sure losses, but they're also a team that I think can absolutely lose every single game yeah. that's left Some of the, the games that we're counting on them winning, such as at Houston, yeah. they could go down and lose that game. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks yeah. bad right now. It looked bad last offseason, but another year of the same, another year of worse who knows what's going to happen to them in the transfer portal in the offseason? I mean, I just. Hey, can I give you a game that. And this may be the dumbest take ever, and there's a chance that this is like a 55 to 7 football game. But for whatever reason, I, I, I'm kind of interested in Nebraska playing Michigan. Yeah, this just feels like a game to me. That's going to be extremely low scoring. Yeah. And Nebraska makes a god awful backbreaking turnover with five minutes left to, to lose, yeah. lose the game seventeen to thirteen. Yeah, it's it's a eighteen. But Michigan point has Michigan really blown anybody out up to this point? 
No, they've scored. They haven't scored out of the thirties yet. Yeah, thirty-one-seven to Rutgers, thirty-one-six to Bowling Green, thirty-five-seven to UNLV, thirty-to-three to East Carolina. Um, I mean, it's they just kind of play right there in the thirties, and I like no, they haven't played anyone that's any good at all. And not to suggest that Nebraska is some super tough team, but. I think defensively and just game flow wise that they can keep it low scoring and who knows if they can create something wild and and have a chance late. But I don't know, for whatever reason, it's just one that caught my attention that, you know, Michigan going on the road to Nebraska, it just, it feels, feels like, because sooner or later, and maybe it's not going to happen at all this year, but sooner or later, Rule's going to win one that is kind of like, the inflection point for the program. I don't you know? disagree with that necessarily, but I feel like everyone said that about Scott Frost for four years too. We're still waiting on them five years after to win that game. But I, I would tend to yeah, probably still agree with that. There's some truth to that. There's some truth to that. Well, if the timeline extends long enough, like somebody is going to do that at Nebraska. Maybe it's not ruled, but that game is going to happen. All right, that's it. You guys were awesome on the text line. As always, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's all go have an ice cold Pacifico. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The 